perfectly generic podcast contains spoilers, occasional adult language, and Vriska. You've been warned. Welcome to part two of the Jake episode with Pip and Paige failing in for me. Let's pick up right where we left off in the last episode. Thanks for listening. So go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. So the one, the one other thing I really want to talk about with Jake is his like gender and masculinity woes. And part of as this like action, you know, you know, movie star thing is the man part. He really stresses that he talks about being, you know, this isn't what a, this isn't what Nick Cage would do. He'd just rush ahead and not think of the consequences. Like, that's sort of something he's imposing on himself. And later on, um, his conversation in jail with, and uh, Brain Goes Dirk, uh, BGD says, and I got to, if I'm going to keep saying BGD, I got to not say BDG because Brian David Gilbert has nothing to do with this. Um, well, we don't know. He may be reading Homestuck. <laughs> like this is a very real eventuality that is happening in 2019. Brian David Gilbert may well be reading Homestuck. And then we'll have to have BDG and BGD. Anyway, God. so what I was going to say is that... <laughs> <laughs> Brain goes Dirk. BGD. Brain goes Dirk, he says, um, what kind of suitor to an heiress, you know, Jane says that, and BGD agrees with her, and then he says, be a man and punch her in the face, and Jake says, but I don't want to be a man, and I don't want to punch her in the face, and I feel like, at that point, that's when he's sort of, everything that he's believed about himself, or that he's tried to self be, is kind of falling apart, and he realizes, like, I don't want to, you know, this masculinity, bravo, machismo macho whatever the fuck he's just like tired of it and he doesn't think it fits him and i think that's interesting because it kind of relates in my mind to dave's whole conversation about a similar topic as it relates to his relationship with car cat and the way that he and john used to like rib on each other about being gay and you know you know being a girl it's just like gender is bullshit you know (laughs) it really is such bullshit to quote to, to quote Kanaya, it really is such bullshit. Really, it really is. And I feel like that's why I, I I'm not doing a good job of saying this, but basically he's internalized all these ideas, especially from movies about what supposed to do or be like or that he is supposed to be a man, and he's never until that moment given thought to like not who I am. You know, and I think he's just trying to be yeah that he's not but there's also a way to read it in which he's realizing maybe i'm not a man maybe i'm something else and i think that's really interesting and relatable yeah i jake definitely like all of the well like i say like all like some of the boys like all of the better boys (laughs) jake jake struggles with toxic masculinity quite a lot yeah, it especially comes to a head when he's talking to Crocketeer Jane. Also, he has a conversation, I believe it's with Caliborn, where he, I believe the conversation with Caliborn is the one where he's actually talking most about his discomfort with the idea of being a man specifically. Ah. He then has a very funny exchange in which he it's his belief that 
any two gentlemen should always endeavour to be as gay as possible with each other. Which, which I find most enjoyment reading that as a deliberate uh, joke on Jake's part because Jake understands, like, it's not Jake misusing the word gay there. Like, he knows very well what it means in a modern context. He has a conversation with with Dirk about this. Like, huh. um, he, like Dirk is like, where I'm from, that word hasn't been used as a pejorative or at all for a really long time. And Jake is like, but you're from Texas, aren't you? So he clearly has this cultural understanding. And so he, like, to my mind, he's he's playing an enormous prank on Caliborn there, who is just completely incapable of understanding what's going on. Oh, for sure. But anyway, and yeah, to, to me, Jake's, Jake's relationship with gender obviously ends up going into a much more questioning place towards the end of Homestuck. Um, and for, you know, personally, I like to think that he would, he might end up, you know, being somewhere non-binary-esque on earth sea for sure yeah especially um especially if he i the the other the other way in which jake um struggles against this impo this imposed um idea of masculinity is the fact that he very clearly disidentifies at several points in the story with with the the sort of heterosexual conception of him that particularly jane is invested in having <laughs> yeah like in that conversation where in the jail cell with, with with jane um jake says please no jane don't do this i don't want to get married or sire children or rule an empire i'm scared and sad and afraid and i don't want to do this adventure anymore and i just want to go home just let me go back to earth jane just like it used to be I just want to go back to my pumpkin patch in the jungle when things were simpler and all I had to worry about was being tackled by a feisty robot. So, like, in comparison to the notion of being forced to have children with Jane forever, Jake is not only keen to go back to Hell Murder Island, he's specifically keen to go back to the pumpkin patch, which is something which one of the only other times that phrase is ever used is when Caliborn talks about Dirk and Jake as a romantic pairing and says that he doesn't want to languish in the pumpkin patch. So, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> this is the Dirk, this is the Dirk Jake segment. And also he mentions that he would much prefer dealing with the robot that, that Dirk made for him yeah. in comparison. And... Even if Dirk Jake isn't your cup of tea, the fact that Jake is very clearly uncomfortable with a lot of the notions of manhood specifically relating to a sort of heterosexual life is, is something that you, you definitely can't ignore. So my the way I see Jake most strongly going against the notions of masculinity that he's sort of set up to be obliged to follow is his is in his relationship with with Dirk I don't particularly want to sound like I'm just you know evangelizing but at some point someone's got to do it <laughs> the two of them very clearly have a particularly special relationship among the alpha kids like if if you if you had to determine the chaotic axis around which the alpha session mostly revolves I think it's in, it, you'd be hard pressed to find one more conclusive than Dirk and Jake's relationship in all its bizarre um, and sometimes unpleasant uh, features. Jake's quest um, 
when he's introduced is that he wants to talk to Dirk. That's the first thing he talks to Jane about in the story. He he messages her specifically because he wants to talk to Dirk. And then he messages Roxy because he wants to talk to Dirk. And then he messages Dirk and he can't talk to him because it's the autoresponder. And then he just keeps coming back to this. He wants to talk to his best friend. To my mind, this is also where Brain Goes Dirk comes from. It's because he so desperately wants to talk to his best friend that he literally wills another copy of him, him into being in his own brain. Uh, just to be able to talk to him um huh. and like there's no heterosexual explanation for this <laughs> so perhaps to get away from that and more into the into the symbolic aspect because that's something that um is is also quite important dirk and jake are related to each other through their denizens um so jake's denizen is called abraxas and dirk's is called yaldabaoth and these are both gnostic um, figures. Uh, Abraxas and Yaldabaoth are sort of a, they're less a complementary pair in that they are two, they are essentially the two most important deity figures. So Abraxas is the, the true god, as it were, the, 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 the source from which all of creation sort of emanates. And Yaldabaoth is the demiurge, the, the almost a uh, devilish figure who creates the physical world um, out of, in some cases, a selfish desire, in some cases, just a misguided attempt to recreate the perfect notion of existence in physical form. So the two of them are, are, are very intimately connected in, in, in that way. Also, uh, the one other Gnostic feature is that there are these uh, a lot of paired figures it's somewhat equivalent to angels or other 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 important figures like that that come in typically male female pairs and are very importantly conceptually linked the most important one for our purposes is that of uh, christ so the typical christian jesus son of god figure and um and the sophia who is this uh, figure strongly associated with uh, wisdom um, so as in Sophia, as in philosophia, love of love of wisdom. And so the Christ and Sophia are sort of put as a, I wouldn't say ma- married pair, they're a dual pair of figures. And so what you have in Dirk and Jake, one of the many ways in which the, they're connected um, in, in this sort of, they are implied to be this this pair that just by virtue of their symbolism come together is that jake jake's chum handle is golgotha's terror golgotha being another name for calvary the the place at which jesus was supposed to have been crucified and it, it, it is sometimes translated as a place of the skull um basically and so jake has this strong uh, association with um the figure of jesus through 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 his chum handle and similarly dirk has a relationship to sophia in his chum handle because his chum handle is timaeus testified timaeus being a a philosopher in his own right but also a character in a socratic uh well one of plato's dialogues that socrates was in um so he he has this very literal relationship to Sophia through philosophy. And so there's this sort of, in keeping with the Gnostic symbolism, the two are are, are, a, are a, a natural pair in that respect. And like, I mean, I, I could just, I could go on and on, like just not even going to symbolism, but like Jake very literally in the story has Brain Ghost Dirt come into existence and defend him from a scary girl while quoting the Princess Bride and saying 
that he's Jake's boyfriend. And like, it's quite strongly implied that Jake is willing that into existence by virtue of what he wants. So, like, <laughs> and on Earth, see, they literally go off by themselves with Tavros Sprite and live together and wear flower crowns, do lots of wrestling, and like, oh, this is very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know what you've you've almost converted me i gotta say like i don't know dirt jake just was never interesting to me and i don't really have a good reason for why but i was just like eh. but it's like it's really cute when i see it but i'm just not like gonna go out of my way to look for it and sometimes certain various depictions of it don't make me super comfortable but like you make some really good points about that so congratulations <laughs> Well, I'm glad I can I can give you some very good quality fig recommendations later on when we're not talking live. Um, but I mean, I I do I uh, I do get the impression that a lot of people dismiss a lot of people dismiss it out of hand because speaking about this as someone who I mean I'm non-binary, um, I'm I'm not a dude, um, but I did essentially grow up in much the same sort of scenario that like gender and sexuality wise that, that Dirk and Jake would have done and when I was growing up like with Homestuck I was I was 16 when I was reading Dirk and Jake's story for the first time and the 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 complicated way in which they deal with their feelings for each other and the way that it impacts their lives around them in this wildly chaotic way. Like, it's such a coming-to-terms-with-sexuality narrative to me. It was such an important part of me growing up as a queer person in the first place that it it, it is a bit frustrating to have people sort of be like, you know, this is a, this is entirely a bad faith uh, way of putting it, but it does seem a lot of the time like people people are uncomfortable dealing with it, uh, touching it as a relationship because it's complicated, because it it's not as simple as these two cute boys kiss every so often and my contention is on earth see that is what they do but it's not it's certainly not a simple me path to get there um and dealing with the complicatedness is something that jake specifically struggles with and i to me it's it's something that homestuck is critical of because it, yeah as we mentioned earlier when jake talks to jane and he asks her do you have feelings for me and she says no. His immediate reaction is to say, "Oh, this, this, this makes things so much less complicated." Thank you, Jane. I'm actually really glad that you don't have feelings for me. Now we can talk about my complicated feelings for Dirk because God, that's complicated enough. Um, so Jake being unwon- unwilling to to deal with the complicatedness is it's unintentional for sure, but it is definitely framed as a quite cruel thing that Jake ends up doing. She is very clearly unhappy in that cover. Like she's she's typing in a completely different way than she ever has before. But in in his like, oh thank God, you know, in his desperate relief to not have to deal with that as well, he like moves swiftly on to talking about to talking about Dirk. Um ah. and like this is what he ends up talking about with Tavros as well. Like how how overly complicated it is and how he wishes he could just you know, how he could get away from it all and how he wouldn't have to think about that and he wouldn't have to think about being romantically or platonically involved with anyone. And he could, you know, he could just be free to do what he what he likes and not be burdened by it by it. This notion of relationships with other people as an actual burden 
um, is something that in that conversation with Tavros in particular, I think it's quite clear that like it's supposed to be viewed in a very in a negative way. Like the way that he talks about it is to me anyway. If you read the conversation, it's quite clear that Homestuck itself is not agreeing with what Jake is saying because he's he's being so buffoonish. Like he he's saying such out, over the top and silly stuff, and the complexity that Jake has at its at its core is 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 just it's really important actually. Um, and it's it's one of the ways in which Homestuck actually has realistic and complicated queer relationships. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Well. I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say again that just like you've really like opened my eyes with all that, and I like definitely like and now why exactly Dirk Jake is like so important to so many people? Like, because before I was like, oh, it's a ship. We all have ships. Like, I got ships. We all got <laughs> ships. But now I can kind of see. It's sort of like like I also didn't understand for a while why Vris Resi was so important to people because I had my mm. I or like Vriska just as Vriska, why she was so important. But it's like, now I get it just by talking to other people. So that's really neat that like, we can have conversations about things and like learn stuff from each other. Yeah, exactly. 2019 is the year in which we all became Vriska stands. Um, ah. And for, like, where, oh, like, and it's, it's been a very long time getting here, but I'm so glad we're here. Cause frankly, frankly, the discussion about Homestuck, it, hasn't been the same um since and i'm kind of glad <laughs> i feel like we're all in a better place for ha- for having realized that fris resi is you know so important but yeah to me dirk jake has a similar kind of importance like like i say the alpha session does in a way mostly revolve around dirk and jake's relationship and the ways it, it impacts all of there are other friends. And God, we haven't even talked about Roxy. I feel like a fraud. <sighs> we haven't even talked about her relationship with Jake. Um, it's, a, it's very like, good. Her relationship with Jake is very good. That's what I have to say about it. It it ends up it, it ends up good. And ro- frankly, Roxy is just just too good for everyone. Um, but I, I the thing is her. Her relationship with Jake it starts off when you first when you first hear them talking. It starts off as like, so she's she's still alco- she's alcoholic. He has his problems with Jane and Dirk, and she she's quite. We get the impression quite quickly that she also had interest in the Jake stakes, ah. as she puts it. But she's sort of given it up in res- out of respect for Jane. Mostly, and also, in t- and because that's who she sees as being the most likely person that Jake will end up with. But also out of respect for Dirk as well, she guesses. Um, but like when you first read Jake and Roxy having a conversation, there is still a kind of odd bitterness there. Like she's Jake says that that like oh, if this topic of Jane and Dirk, and Dirk comes up again, um. Could you be a shoulder for me to cry on? And she like she says yes, but in a way that I think is clearly supposed to at least imply that she's not really all that happy about the prospect. Like she says it in quite out she says it in similarly over the top ways to how Jane later talks to Jake in uh-huh. 
in 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 that conversation like she says yes of course i'm a, i'll be a shoulder to cry on this is this is something that i'd be so happy to do for you and it's like it, it's again it's this people desperately hoping jake will read their sarcasm and he just doesn't <laughs> and like it's it's like yeah just just tell the boy just tell the poor boy what he what he needs to hear god and you can get frustrated at Jake a lot, but, like, he really does sometimes have trouble kind of picking up on what people actually want to say. And I think it, there, it's fair to say that also some of that is complicated by the fact that this is all done over text. Oh, definitely. And we're not, you know, kids living on islands in the or in the future on a waterlogged earth. Someone's tone over text is difficult sometimes. And the fact that if they were talking out loud, he'd be able to say, like, actually, no, I don't think you're okay with this. But there's no way for him to know. And it's like, I can understand why people would be frustrated with him and why I can certainly understand why Jane gets so like pissed off at him in that one conversation. But on the other hand, I can also understand why Jake would be like, wait a minute, did I say something? What, what's going on here? I thought you were okay with this and now you're suddenly not. And I don't understand what happened. You know, in that conversation, she, she starts yelling and using caps and he's like, okay, clearly I messed up. Can you tell me what I did? Like he wants to do the right thing. He wants to be a good friend, but they're not talking to him and they're not actually saying in as many words what their issue is, you know, and it just confuses him further. Yes. Like he says, he says, Jane, are you all right? You seem to be exclaiming more liberally than usual. Um, and, and I have in my notes here that this could potentially be foreshadowing her becoming a capitalist on Earth C, uh, <laughs> exclaiming more liberally. But uh, ne- but you know she, he clearly picks up that something is not quite right. But then she then just reassures him even more emphatically that everything is fine. Um, so she just, I mean, yeah. And and the joke in that conversation is that Jane she digs herself a tiny hole and then digs it so much deeper. Um, and like she she knows that she's she's doing it and jake is just completely like it's just it's a catastrophe but because we see both sides of it it's very easy for us to sort of say oh well jake should have understood or jane should have just said something you know it's ah. they're, they're teenagers struggling with communicating over the internet they're all kids and people act like people will act like any of the alpha kids are like really bad people for anything that they've done it's like they're 16 they're just having issues talking like any normal teenagers have issues talking like this happens all the time they are children and they are not mature adults and most mature adults also struggle with this kind of thing like it's not a uniquely it's not a situation that's unique to teenagers um uh but but they are, and they're young, and they're going through a very confusing, t- like not, not to be patronizing adult, but they're going through some confusing changes in their life. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really, 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 really want to talk about Jake and Jade. Absolutely, yeah. This is something I actually really wanted to talk about as well. So let's get to that. So, um, in talking about Jake's relationship with other people, let's get to one of our listener questions uh d on discord asks 
Jake has a special connection to Jade compared to the other Alpha Beta Kid pairs, since they're the only ones to have any contact prior to their respective sessions. How do you think this relationship impacted Jake growing up? What's their relationship like on Earthsea? And we have in our outline, Paige is vibrating with excitement, producing an audible hum. <laughs> I, the Harley English is there, my absolute favorite, you know, family pair. I relate really strongly to both of them and they're just so great and they make me so happy. And I really wish that we actually got a reunion with them, but we never did. Anyway. Okay. So I think that their relationship is really interesting, especially because, and we talked about this earlier, actually, that talking to his grandma, um, Jay thinks she's talking to her grandson in the future. And neither of these things are quite true. Hmm. And I think it's interesting because I feel like it's a lot of comfort from being able to talk to his grandma after she's gone. And she talks and he talks about like, the kind of things they have in common and it brings him comfort. There's one point. Um, I don't remember where it is. It's like four act six, act four or act five. I cannot remember. And there's too many goddamn acts in home. So to keep track, there's too many goddamn fucking acts. So it's, it's like a, you know, a montage of uh, his planet and he's sitting there and he's kind of gazing at the window that he nabbed from Grandma's yeah, study. Yeah, he's sitting on the slab of the jaded fool's ennui, and he's looking at the the fenestrated plane that he, the tiny one that he had in his, uh, in his house that belonged to Jade. And he's looking yeah. at, it and he's thinking of Grandma and uh, and of John. Of that, because we then find out, like immediately mm. afterwards, what he's what he, the other thing he has on his mind is his, you know, stressful relationship with Dirk what he should do about that. And what I love about that is that in this moment of like, it's like very extreme teen problems, you know, like, I don't know what to do about my boyfriend. I don't know what to do about my friends and everything's kind of a mess. Socially speaking, he's thinking about his grandma and he's like teenager. Like he wants to talk to his guardian about these issues, but she's not there. And it just makes me feel so many feelings, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's something personally I wish had been expanded on a lot, and not to not to personally Schiller or, any, or anything, but if uh, if you um, I this is something that I've I've written, <laughs> I'm in the process of writing fic about because um, frankly the the familial relationship that 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 Jake and Jade had have is so interesting to me, um, and I really wish it had been expanded on. So um, if you want if you want to check out a in-progress fic exploring their relationship, you can check out Green as Gravity on Archive of Our Own. Um, I'm hoping to get back to that soon <laughs> when I'm not busy writing other stuff. But, okay, sorry, plug ends there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just... relationship means a lot to me, and I think, if you think about it, Jake is even more than Jade was, in a way, because... They both have these three friends that they talk to, right? Not only has a dog to, you know, she has back to keep her company and to watch over her, an entire planet of carapaceans to see when she goes to sleep. And Jake never wakes up on Prospect. He doesn't have Beck, obviously. The only animals on his island are, you know, trying to kill him. So I think that, you know, that thing that he has 
with Jade, who she, he thinks is his grandma, even though he's, you know, dead, she, he's still connected to her in a way. And I think that really means a lot to him. And as for Jade, I feel like that it's her grandpa. And I think it'll be interesting to see, to see more of Jade just in general. But I think it would be really interesting to see kind of how she reconciles those, her pen pal, who she thought was her grandson, is actually an alternate universe. How she kind of meshes those ideas together. And that would be a really interesting thing about, you know, during the three years. She's... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially now that she's the one who's all on her own with Dave, Sprite, and John both dead. And Nana could tell her about Grandpa. And it's just, there's so many interesting ways that it could all kind of tie together as her pen pal and her relationship to her grandpa and to John and to Nana. And just, I really love the prospect kids a lot. Yeah. They, they, and I'm afraid that it is the official position of this podcast that prospects must be oppressed, at least as far as Kate is concerned. Yeah. Well, you know what? Kate isn't here. Kate isn't here. Um, Kate isn't here, and even though I am a Durst dreamer, I I, I have to admit that uh, that uh, perhaps the the crusade against prospects is is not quite as deserved as it as it as it sometimes appears to be. But I love prospect. I love being a prospect dreamer. It makes me so happy. And I that people don't like prospect. Like, why mm. wouldn't you? You know, I don't know. And I love the kids. And I know I don't want to. I feel like Hussey definitely kind of played favorites with the characters and he favored the Durst family as a whole over the prospect. Well, um, okay. You have to remember that two of the most Im- two of the most important and coolest characters in the story okay, are Prospect Dreamers. That's fair. But- um, Vriska, his literal favorite character is a Prospect Dreamer. Andrew himself is a Prospect Dreamer. And uh, Kanaya is the other, is the other main one. And well, and John, I suppose. I know, well. but like- I know. Fine. I, well, I'm okay. I know. <laughs> no, I do know exactly what you what mean. I'm, what I'm less saying is not that there's playing favorites between the two planets with him, but p- playing favorites between the two sets of kids and i think jake for certain and this is you know kind of related to the actual podcast and the actual subject of this episode that we're supposed to be talking about is that jake's story never got no jake yeah you're right jake's story never really got finished um yeah to i mean yes to to the extent that the durst kids did um his his story didn't didn't get finished nearly as comprehensively. Neither did I mean Jane is the worst example of the four Prospect kids. Um, she gets she gets so brutally shafted by the story uh, towards the end, um, and I mean no, we can't do this all this commiserating because it just. Can we go to another listener question? Because we're just going to keep going on all day. Yes, um, Culcor on Twitter asks is jake english a twink hunk or bear discuss what do you think and i know you've got a quite strong opinion on this yes page, i have so an opinion first. i have an opinion and my opinion is that he is the dead center of that triangle chart of the three alignments and my reasoning is this they kind of project these ideas of what they want him to 
be onto him. And Dirk even like says this in text that he and Jane both kind of put him on a pedestal. I feel like part of Jake's whole thing is that he wants his friends to do what people want of him. And so I feel like him being sort of not actually any of them for certain, but kind of enough of each of them that he could be whatever they want him to be, whatever they want of him, really, I don't know, that just makes sense to me. And personally, I just can't see him as leaning any direction. I kind of just like him, you know, he's just kind Mm -hmm. of an average dude that they all kind of built up these really impossible expectations for, you know? (laughs) Story-wise, he is none of them. This is canon, and Hussey told me so. He sure did, and I was listening. Um, Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, let's just go through them. Uh, He's not, like, he's just not, he's not a twink. There's absolutely no way he could possibly be one, just by virtue of the fact that he lives alone on a deserted island, um, he doesn't have, frankly, being a twink is something that requires a high degree of maintenance and Jake English does not have the head for any of it. So that just rules that out <laughs> for starters. Sorry, that's really funny, but you're right. Like, yeah. Okay, go on. Like the the first time his legs ever get shaved is when is when he goes God tier and, and they're smooth as silk. Um, and he's sort of like, oh, and, and Dirk comments on it being like unusual. <laughs> Um, so, so like it, it, he he ain't a twink. Um, hunk again. Like Jake wants Jake tries I, to portray himself as being rugged. Like he has this conception of himself as being rugged, but like um, at the same time, it's something that he you know, we've talked about. He 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 sort of struggles with a bit. Um, and I so I mean. Uh, yeah, he's just, he's the jack of all trades. He's something to everyone. Exactly. Um, that's like, that's what I'm saying. He's and, just like. Actually, go sorry, ahead. no, you go. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Go. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, he's just like the middle of the road. And if you see and like, and we'll see him as one thing or the other. And he's like, sure, I can be that if you want, if that's what you want, you know? Yes, he can. He contains every possibility, um, without necessarily being particular. Like this, to me, also to go all Gnostic symbolism again. This ties into the fact that he is related to Abraxas because the 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 way in which Abraxas is unusual as a deity is that it's supposed to encompass all kinds of possibilities. Like it's supposed to, like it's supposed to have. It incorporates the devil as well as the traditional conception of god like it 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 incorporates both good and evil all possibilities and 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 their dual opposites are contained within it and like (laughs) not to be all like gnostic symbolism on this on this gay boy terminology but like (laughs) that's why he's not he's not any of these things is because he's all of them and he's none of them as moda on asks on discord where in the hell does his weird infatuation with blue-skinned women come from and so we have i wanted to just read out uh, a bit of the only bit of common of a uh, homestuck book commentary that i had uh, that i thought was relevant because jake hasn't come up in the book runs yet um is this quote uh, talking about grandpa which is in act uh, three in book two 
Page 855. The beauties were the oddest of the four oddball interests, to say the least. I'm just going to observe that this struck me as a novel and hilarious fetish. Also, I defy you to enter a beauty parlour or hair salon or such without seeing one or more posters hanging up that have been bleached due to years of exposure to the sun. Something about the chemistry of CMYK inks, I guess, makes the yellow and magenta inks degrade in sunlight faster than blue ink. Or maybe technology has advanced and this doesn't happen anymore. Maybe I'm just as much of a dinosaur as Grandpa. So, yeah, I think it definitely just started out as Hussey being like, this would be funny. This sure would be hilarious. And I think it was also to what Jane, or what Nana, I should say, says in her story to, uh, on the on the Serious Business app, she's talking to some guy who's, like, tall pants and drinking his piss and telling him the story about her childhood and how the condescending Fedora Freak. freak. Thank you. I wanted to say Pipe Fan 413, but I knew that was wrong because that's John's dad. No, that's that's John's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it definitely does. I think it ties back to what we were saying about Jake, uh, Grandpa Harley's various interests in that he collects all of the interests which are related to the other guardians. And like, I think in when he was going through all of them, Andrew Hussey was like, okay, Nana, she's she's a blue lady. Okay, Grandpa has a fetish for blue ah. ladies. Where? How does this come about? Oh, he collects these faded photographs from hair salons and stuff. Right, that's it. And then when it comes to Jake, by the time that we got to Jake being in the story, <laughs> James Cameron's avatar was was a thing. Um, and uh, and also yeah, so so. By the time Act 6 rolled around, James Cameron's avatar was taking the world by blue furry storm and was basically begging on its knees to be incorporated into Jake's character somehow. Um, And not only that, but by that point in the story, Homestuck had already provided a quite captivating blue lady of its own. Um, One whose, you know, one whose story actually parallels avatar in coincidental mm-hmm. and miraculous ways um in in the yeah vriska and her relationship with tavros and and so there was no way that it wasn't going to be incorporated in some way um uh so i mean the, the the reason why jake has has this weird thing is is not a very complicated reason the the implications of it are what's com- are what's complicated but but i mean you you can the reason you can, is that hussey thought it would be funny yes like most things um is he thought it would be a com- uh, thought it would be funny and then in his genius brain found a way to make it also meaningful somehow yeah <laughs> um i'd be a science nerd real quick about this because i just learned today why that happens oh yeah of course go ahead so it turns out and i just learned this like in my or inorganic chemistry class this morning that the reason that um the red and the yellow uh colors or i guess um the magenta and yellow i believe it would be yeah they degrade faster because they absorb um light they absorb what sorry the 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 light that they absorb is higher energy causes the ink itself to degrade faster as Hussey says but the reason is because the light that it absorbs color to exist in the first place degrade um is higher energy yes. and it 
um, yes. So blue blue light blue light is the most high energy of the high energy form of light. And so if something looks blue, it means it doesn't absorb blue, and in fact, sort of uh, it 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 scatters it, it reflects it. So the yellow and the magenta inks do absorb blue, which is the high energy ink, and so they degrade faster than the blue. Yeah. And Kate can cut that if she wants, but I just wanted to geek out for a second because I think that's really cool. Honestly, I think that's probably the most interesting thing that certainly that uh, that I have been responsible uh, for, which is nothing. And uh, so I honestly, I think uh, it is more worthwhile keeping than... (laughs) than a lot of what I've said anyway. So thank thank you very much for, for explaining that. But um, yeah, so I think <sighs> that's our show, everybody. Um, the music that you can hear playing now, I have no fucking clue what it is because Kate hasn't told me uh, what <laughs> it was. Um, the intro music, similarly, I have no idea, but I'm sure that uh, either Kate can edit something in or... <laughs> Or it'll be in it'll be in the description, and I'm sure it's wonderful to listen to, and uh, you can find the details of it on our wiki when when the transcript goes up. Um, the Perfectly Generic Podcast is uh, going to have a live show on Sunday, March 24th at 6 p.m. at the Guildhall Bar in Burbank, California. You can RSVP to that event at perfectlygeneratepodcast.com slash live um, among the we the two of us are going to be there um, so dread that I suppose <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, along with us we will have Kate of course Heather and Austin of Vast Era fame uh, Aisha Farah and James Roach um, both Hive Swap uh, and Hive Swap Friends Sim uh, writer and musician, respectively. Uh, Taz, optimistic duelist, um, and dear of Slapper's fame. fame. Slapper's fame, uh, and honestly, purveyor of some of the most distressing takes on troll <laughs> biology I've ever heard. Um, Fine Fang armpit vortex. <laughs> oh no, I'm not typing that out again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's so that's that's what you're gonna have to do this live show. It's gonna be a chaos. So the first half of the live show, we are going to be talking about, among other things, what homestuck means to all of us. The second half of the live show, after a brief break, will be Kate, Austin, and Heather talking about uh, vast error. And uh, for all you vast error fans out there. Uh, there may be something quite exciting uh, that you'll be able to talk about in the near future. Um, so look forward to that. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash pgenpod. Um, I'm not going to shill Kate's stuff because she's not here. Um, Paige, <laughs> where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. My um, at is K I L L I A. K I L L, so that's kill a kill, because I love kill a kill. <laughs> but you couldn't get the kill a kill URL. Of course, no, of course not. I think the official Twitter owns that one. <laughs> 
Um, and you can find me at twitter.com slash tuftyfrog. I really need to change that because it's such an old URL yeah. by this point. Um, you can find the show on Twi- on Tumblr as well at pjmpod. Uh, we don't really... I don't use Tumblr. I don't know if you use Tumblr much, Paige, but the show also doesn't use Tumblr very much. Yeah. There's just... All that's on there is like episode announcements and um, Hexy takes questions through the ask box. I think that's it. Yeah, the site is in, is a, is in a pretty dire state, isn't it? Um, is there something that I'm missing? Uh, the Twitter for the PGen pod? Didn't I already say that? You can find the show at twitter.com slash pgenpod. You can find us on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you like what you hear, I hope you do, you can leave us a review uh, on any of those things, and it really helps. Specifically, it helps Kate out for all the oodles of hard work that she's done, uh, and we all really appreciate it. Uh... Thank you so much for coming on, Paige. So much for coming on, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have fun, Thank you everyone. For listening.